have you heard? The Birds, the Word. Section 336. The next generation of Baltimore sports talk. Welcome to Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearingly centering host, Matt Roca. As always, I'm joined by the Zany Burt Rohde. What up, 336ers? And the button lover, Josh Roca. Hey, hey guys, guys, how's it going? Hey, there's hey, my echo. <laughs> What's going on with your setup, Matt? You think it's this uh, Bluetooth again, or no? I mean, you think it's my blue snowball? Do I have to switch the back or something again? I don't know. Maybe. Flip the little switch like you did before. Is that any better? I don't know. That's <laughs> uh, fine. We'll just go with it. We're fine. We'll see how it shows up in the recording or not. All right. But, uh, but yeah, so if the recording sounds a little different tonight, it's because I evacuated. Yeah. I left St. Augustine thanks to Dorian. So yeah, you've only been there about... You've been there about two months, and you're already getting your first uh, hurricane evacuation. Yeah, and you know what? I went through the whole, like, prepare for the hurricane and make sure everything's got batteries. I ordered a weather radio, all the stuff that I kind of ignored for snowstorms, and I took the hurricane kind of serious. I tried to buy a generator. I went multiple days, and the stores were all sold out of generators. And then uh, we got invited. Some friends invited us to come hang out in Tampa. So once Dorian kind of made it clear that he wasn't going across the state, but he was going to head up north, we decided why not head to Tampa. And it just was also convenient that the Orioles were in Tampa as well. So I said, why not? And we went there. And uh, so I've been here since Sunday. Uh, Hopefully Dorian hits tomorrow morning. And by tomorrow evening, we get to go home to St. Augustine. So you finally visited Tropicana Field. Uh, Matt and I have been there before. This was your first visit. Yeah, so I went to Tropicana for Labor Day, and I think I have lots of thoughts on Tropicana uh-huh. Field because it's weird watching baseball indoors. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, that's really the the only, I guess you could say, a positive about it is that it's different. But you certainly want that would not want that to be your home ballpark. No, it's no Camden Yards. I liked it at first. I liked the fact that it was air conditioned, but I think it was about halfway through. I was like. Man, I wish having a nice breeze in the sun and, like, outdoor life in a baseball game. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think Tropicana gets trashed a lot, and I don't think it's a bad stadium. I like It's got really nice sight lines and a lot of really nice standing room only sections. I, 
think it's crazy where it's located. Yeah. That it's 45 minutes from anything right. is crazy. So I'm staying in Tampa, and it was as if I was living in Annapolis and driving to Baltimore. It's as if Camden Yards was in Annapolis. Well, it's more – it's in St. Petersburg, right? It's in St. Petersburg. Yeah, but don't tell me you're Tampa, a Tampa team. Right. That'd be like the Baltimore Orioles that play in Annapolis. But it's in St. Pete proper. Like, it's in the city. It's like in a warehouse district or something, right? Yeah, but St. Pete's got nothing going for it. <laughs> it's a dump of a city. Ouch. I mean, I don't know. I just drove through it. So I'm just going to go gonna go uh, hard with that. But I didn't mind it inside. I mean, all right, it's stupid that they're playing baseball on carpet. I, it's stupid that there's no bullpens and the guys are on the sideline. But it was awesome to see Hunter Harvey warm up, and I definitely spent that entire inning watching Hunter Harvey on the sidelines rather than whatever was going on on the field. So I don't mind Tropicana. It's a cool experience, and uh, but it's no Camden Yards. It's really hard to go from the best stadium in baseball to the Trop. Quite possibly the worst, at least in 2019. And I, and I loved Brendan Hyde's comments today where he made comments about it being quiet yeah. and how you could hear anything. And that was my big takeaway was like, you can hear every glove, like you can hear every pitch smack on the catcher's glove when I sat in left field bleachers, basically. So, um, well, I'll say, I'll yeah, say, so I'll say this. Negatives is the fan base. Yeah, well, okay. I, I think uh, my opinion on you, Josh, is that it's kind of a snowflake move, a strawberry move to evacuate, but to each <laughs> your own. Um, but I'm going to call you a strawberry for yeah. that. But, I mean, if a big totally hurricane agree. could wipe you out, I get it. I just think it's a bit of a strawberry move. Uh, it's not a strawberry move. It's definitely a uh, – it's not a manly move. I'll give you that. A man I know defends that his most... property. Yes. But it's a, a rental. down with the ship. But, it's, but, it's a but rental it's a home. Rental. <laughs> totally different if I owned the house. It was very nice as a rental to just leave <laughs> and say, yeah, not, it's just stuff. I can, stuff can be replaced. Not my problem. I don't care about the house. <laughs> not my problem. And the Orioles are in town. Friends are inviting us over. School has been canceled. School, girls right now have school canceled through Thursday. Wow. It's like, and my work shut down for Tuesday and Wednesday. Because Monday was already a holiday. See, because like, of a little hey, wind, and, wind and rain, they shut everything down? Wow. A little wind and rain that can blow you off the beltway, yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and, and lack of power and all that stuff that we're supposed to lose power. But, yeah, enough that I was like, hey, why not go on vacation and a free vacation at that? So, it's all cool. Trop did $2 kid tickets. I thought that was really cool. They're free at Kevin Yards. That's that true. Is, yeah, That's there true. you go. Good point. Good point. Camden <laughs> Yards has, it up, has a one up on him. The Trop has soda souvenir cups that are free refills. Okay. They have that up on Camden Yards. They've got a hot dog that is deep fried with baked beans on top of it. Nice. Camden Yards needs to get that. But other than, but yeah, everything else, Kevin Yards is a thousand times better, and it's not fair to compare the two. Yeah, they're like it's not even really the same sport they're playing on the field. Wow, and they're not playing the same sport either because uh, the baseball teams are at two different levels. The Tampa Bay right. Rays are playing Major League Baseball. I don't know what the Orioles are playing. Hey, I got to see the return of Mark Trumbo. 
Yeah, and it had a had a, a couple. He had a big hit yesterday. <laughs> a big hit today. Yeah, yeah, big hit. Got that got that big double yesterday. Got the, got this kid Mason Williams playing center field today. That nobody knows who he is. Well, if you because you don't listen to me when I come on this podcast, I was. You've never mentioned Mason it's Williams. Not true, Josh. It's not true. Back like a month ago, when they brought back up Chase Peterson, I said they should bring up Mason Williams, center fielder, hitting about three hundred at AAA. He's right. an older dude, but they should bring up Mason Williams. Yeah, an older dude who's not part of the future. Who knows? Who knows? Um, for me, they shouldn't is... be bringing anyone up who's part of the future yet. It's still too soon. No, I totally agree. <laughs> that's why Trumbo was brought back. Hey, that's why Mason Williams is up there. Yeah, yeah. There's a little people. There was um, uh, some people. A little people. There was a little people. <laughs> now that I'll pay to see if they're bringing up some little people. There was little people. Well, they would walk a lot. It's not a bad strategy. But they were, um, there were some people upset about Ryan Mountcastle um, not being called up. He was the right. Ryan Mountcastle was named the International MVP. League MVP. So here is the best player in that AAA International League, and he can't find a way. And I guess he's not good enough to make the forty man to get onto the expanded rosters for the Orioles. You hate to see that, huh? Oh yeah, I'm sure that's uh, the only reason. Right. Right. Does anybody care? I mean, I know. Does no one care, care that the best prospect right now, the best offensive prospect who's close to, closest to, to the majors, not the best offensive project, prospect, that's, of course, but, the boy Rushman, um, who I can see in person this past week, which I can talk about in a minute. Um, but but I think people care that here's a guy in AAA tearing up AAA, which is a step away from the majors. He's an actual prospect. People want to watch him play, and I think people care that he wasn't caught up. All right. All right. I think the people who are upset that he didn't call up are the same people that do not understand that we're going through a rebuild, who are upset that every move that the Orioles suck and upset that the Orioles are bad this year. And they think that the Angelos family is trying to major league us and into getting out of Baltimore. Those are the same people. Oh, yeah, because bringing up uh, Mountcastle would help the Orioles to leave. No, bringing up Mountcastle would make us a better, more entertaining team. That's why you should right. bring him up. Throw, throw the Oriole fans a bone here and bring up Mountcastle. No, those, it's those fans that are saying that you're – yeah, but what good is it going to do for him coming up this year? Would it do anything with his development? It's not going to hurt it. I don't know. We've been through this with Gosman and Bundy and up and down. I think uh, – well, well, then just call him up and – You know what? All right. Best case scenario, what happens if they bring Mountcastle up is he has a great month. And we all, the fan base decides that he's the future face. We went through this last year with Cedric Mullins, where they bring him up for a month, he has a good month, and then we realize, oh, never mind, he sucks. Even though we spent all offseason saying, put Cedric Mullins on the billboards, put him on the flagposts, make him the face of the organization. Where is he? He didn't even get the September call-up. Yeah. No. First of all, that's dumb on two counts. No one ever said Cedric Mullins is the face of the franchise. Secondly, oh yeah, no, let no. Me just, find let one me just person who said that. that. Yeah, Google that. You won't find I'll a single person saying anything remotely like that. Secondly, Ryan Mountcastle is an actual prospect. Cedric Mullins was never a prospect. Ryan Mountcastle is actually a highly ranked prospect in our system. He's always on the, in, you know, in the top 100. He's always on kind of that border top 100 prospects. Um, so he's an actual good hitting prospect. Cedric Mullins was never a high prospect like, like Ron Mountcastle. The fan base, the fan base set Cedric Mullins up as the new Adam Jones. 
Um, I, I mean, I agree that he was built up too much. Um, and this year he's had a terrible year. Um, and maybe some blame is on the Orioles maybe for putting too much pressure on him. I guess that's where you're going with this, that they put too much pressure on him, and that's why Cedric Mullins failed. Um, I'm not sure if Cedric Mullins would have been successful with or without the pressure. Um, but you're right. It's interesting that uh, he wasn't caught up as they caught up all these other guys. Yeah, I don't think it was a – I think it was the Oriole fans desperate to see the future that crowned Cedric Mullins. And I think we would do – I think the fan base would do the same – to Ryan Mountcastle if they saw Ryan Mountcastle. Well, yeah, we're already doing it uh, because he's the closest hitting prospect we have. He's the closest top prospect we have to 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 the majors. I'm still not even sold on Ryan Mountcastle being part of the future. Okay. Get off. Do you really, get, do you really get think off he's my the future podcast. first baseman? Yeah, I think he's the future either first baseman, left field, DH. I think he's going to be one Has of Has he those. ever played left field? Yeah, he, that's where he's playing every day at Norfolk for like the past All right. month. All right. Great. So we have him and Trey Mancini that do the exact same thing. Yeah, but Josh, the thing is, next year, Mark Trumbo, gone. Chris Davis, Well, Mark gone. Trumbo was gone this year. But I'm saying Chris oh, Davis. I don't Mark, think Chris Davis is yeah, gone. Yeah, he is gone. I'm telling you right now, breaking news, next year Chris Davis won't be here. Uh, at some point, he's leaving to make room for Ryan Mountcastle. Ryan Mountcastle will be the everyday DH or left field or first base, however you want to maneuver him and Trey Mancini. So we're going to have him and Trey Mancini, two guys. Is that what are they going to do? Flip-flop between first base and left field? Or no, first base and DH. Trey Mancini at first, okay. who made a great play, by the way. I think it was two, two nights ago where he took a, a catch from Hanzo Alberto and made the tag. Really great play by Trey Mancini at first. You're going to have Trey Mancini at first, probably, and Ryan Mountcastle at DH. One of you guys explained to me what I read about uh, if he gets called up, the clock starts ticking. So by not calling him up, we're essentially getting 27 extra games out of him in the future that were not starting in September. How does that work? What does that mean? I think now I think the 27-day thing is wrong. I think next year, if he's down in the minors for 27 days, this is what the Toronto Blue Jays did with Vlad Guerrero. You get a whole other year out of him if he stays in the minors. For oh, the so they wait and bring him up at the end of April next year. Yeah. But – I'm not okay. sure. Well, then I'd rather do that yeah. than bring it up in September now. Yeah, and I guess I get that. But maybe, but on this one, maybe I'm leaning with Josh a little bit in that Ryan Mountcastle I don't think is Vlad Guerrero Jr. I'm not sure if Ryan Mountcastle is the type of player where you, you know, manipulate service time just so you can get like, I don't know if he's that good. Um, but, it, but in the end, I do. I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit here with Josh. Um, in, in no way. End, <laughs> All right. In the end, I got a. I think the. I got a serious Ryan Mountcastle question. Okay, and, and then I'll explain why he's not caught up. But but go go ahead. Did Ryan Mountcastle really take this really big leap this year, or is it the Triple A balls? Um, okay, I would say it's a little bit of both, right? The, the first – I mean, his numbers are, are awesome and partly because of the ball. Um, but also right, – he's got – yeah, the balls help him. But everyone else is playing with these balls too, and he was the MVP of the league, of, the, of a league where everyone was playing with these balls. Okay. So that says eh, <laughs> he was like the best hitter, and he doesn't have the base running. He doesn't have the speed. He doesn't have the defense, right, to, 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 to be a, you know, an all-around great player. But offensively – I think he took a big step forward. He still has issues, right? Ask anybody. 
he doesn't walk enough. He swings the balls out of the strike zone, um, and he has defensive issues. So he's not like perfectly polished. So there's an, a strong argument to be made. He's not ready for the majors. He's also young. I think he's still 22. 22, yeah. Yeah. And he still like has areas in his game he needs to work on. Um, but but the Orioles, for this rebuilding team, the 40-man roster is, ye- is there. The purpose of it, expanded rosters, is to get a look at guys that you're not sure of. See, I would argue the Orioles are sure of Ryan Mountcastle. They know who he is. They know he can hit in the major level. It's just a matter of waiting until, you know, he can work on those things like on base percentage and taking more pitches. Um, but they know who he is. Someone like Mason Williams, I think they don't know. Like, do we have a player here with Mason Williams? Let's try him out so we can know if he's a part of next year's team or not. Sure. And, and by the way, I appreciate the Orioles having an actual center fielder. You see a couple of days ago when Stevie Wilkerson just dropped the ball sure. in center field. I appreciate that we actually have an actual center fielder in there. So I think, like, this is what the expanded rosters are for. An older guy um, in AAA, let's give him a shot at the majors to see if he can hang. I'll also say it's also for guys who were up, then were sent back down, and now we can see, like, if they improved. The perfect guy for that is Tanner Scott, right? Like, Tanner Scott went to AAA, pitched pretty well, worked on stuff, now is back in the majors, Hopefully, spending most of his time hitting Tony Pham, uh, because I hope that Pham guy gets hit every time he's up because he's <laughs> a punk. Um, so I think that's the major reason of the forty man, not really to see prospects, because you know what Ryan Mancastle is. More to see these unknown guys. Is Mason Williams actually good enough to be an everyday outfielder? Um, did Tanner Scott make the improvements? I think that's how they're using the forty man. I also wonder one last stupid comment I want to make. We fired our scouts, right? Which to me says we really don't yep. value the eyeball test anyway. So it's not like if you call them to, to, to the majors, you get a set of eyeballs on them. We really don't care about the eyeballs anyway. Just tell me what the little computer system says. I don't need to see him in person anyway. So who needs to see him? Who needs to get a uh, look at him in the majors? Let's just see what the computer says about him. That's how I feel like the Orioles think about it sometimes. Now, during the offseason, he's got to be on the 40-man in order to avoid the Rule 5 draft. Not Mountcastle. Yeah, Mountcastle. No, I don't think so. Really? Yes. Yeah, I was just reading. At twenty-two, that's pretty young to be put on the. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um. So that'll. But he would be force him onto the rule onto the forty man. So he'll get that invite spring training and have a chance next year. Yeah, he was gonna. He's gonna be uh, in with the Orioles. He'll be invited at some anyway. Point next year. Yeah, yeah. At some point next year, as long as he plays well in AAA. He'll, he'll be up at some point, I think. I would imagine like May or June he'll be up and, and being an everyday player for the Orioles next year. Do you think bringing Trumbo back hurt Mount Castle's chance? I know. I think it was nice of Trumbo to wait till September call-ups. <laughs> I don't know exactly how it worked with his injury, but it just worked out really well that he comes back the exact time that rosters are expanded and you can fit him right. in there with no problem. And this month is very important for Trumbo because he's got to prove that he can still play baseball going into a free agency year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would argue it doesn't really matter. Be- I mean, I think it's really good for Mark Trumbo. You think another team would take a chance on him next no, year? No, I think the best he can hope for after this, even if he bats 500, the best that he can hope for is a minor league contract next year to prove that he's healthy and can. And can well, that's kind of the state of baseball right yeah. now, where they don't they don't admire they don't value veterans. No, they don't, especially veterans who. Can't play defense. Can't play the field. Can't run. And can a just player like Mark Trumbo is going the way of the dodo. 
Exactly. Brett's exactly right. right. So, but it's it's good for Mark Trumbo, like kind of dude, like just retire. But good for Mark Trumbo for like working hard to get his way back to, to like it's I'm happy for Mark Trumbo that, that he made it back and can play for a month. I don't know if he'll ever play in the majors after this, but I'm I'm glad he could work hard and um he's done with the Orioles. This is the last time you're watching Mark Trumbo this past month. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah. Hey, I want to go back real quick. I was just thinking about this this week because a lot of people, you know, are talking about um, how it's kind of, it's you know, the Orioles are kind of, it's a waste to watch them and it's, you know, the season is done and they're boring. And I was thinking about this just this past week. And just since we talked last on Monday, all the stuff that's happened with the Orioles, it's kind of cool, right? Like on Tuesday, going back, that was when Aaron Brooks outdueled Patrick Corbin when they played against the Nats. That's also the same game that Hunter Harvey like loaded the bases and then struck out and then struck the guy out to to, to get out of the inning. Um, by the way, uh, Hunter Harvey has been great, right? Yeah. Oh, that was my highlight of the trip to the Trop was to be able to see Hunter Harvey in person and the mullet in person. Yeah, the fastball looks great. The location looks great. Here's his stats. Six appearances, five and a third innings, um, 10 strikeouts, one run. That's pretty good, guys. Five innings, yeah. 10 strikeouts, and he's only given up one run. That's pretty good stuff right there from Hunter yep. Harvey throwing 100 miles per hour. And I'm telling you, Josh, you say he's going to be a starter next year. Uh, people are excited about what he's doing in the bullpen. Yeah, that's, that is. That's the – that's the only glimpse of the future we have on the team right now, and that's exciting. Yeah, so that was Tuesday. Then I just Wednesday, hope it's more than a pen roll. I don't understand what boring you're talking about. That was a game that Jose Flores, the third base coach for the Orioles, and Dick Blyer, the lefty, left-handed pitcher, they got into a heated argument about defensive positioning or something. You guys yeah. see this in, in, in the dugout? Yeah, and yeah. then it got pretty nasty. And then um, Armstrong, our boy Armstrong, was like getting in the face of Flores too – Standing up for his dick, his I mean his his dick Blyer standing up for his guy, uh, and then like Flores is like let's take this out into the into the back room, uh, or or down into the dugout, um, and and it's, it got heated back there too. So that was pretty. This is the second uh, kind of coach player fight we've seen from the Orioles. Pretty fun stuff out there. They gotta be giving us something. Yeah. Um, are, do you guys think Armstrong? I mean, I'm sorry. Do you guys think? First of all, I think it's interesting that Armstrong took this out of Blyer and was yelling F you to the coach. That was interesting. It was also interesting that Blyer was upset about defensive shifts. You guys think Blyer has an argument here that, that here's my issue with defensive shifts. They always do it based on what? Based numbers. On statistics. Numbers. Computers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, on whose numbers? The hitters. The hitters' numbers. I, you right. never see the pitcher's numbers, right? Like, where do all the pitcher's balls go? You always see where, if this makes sense, you always see where the hitters tend to go, what percentage of the time. But you never see... No, no, no. I, that's, I think that's changed. Oh, really? You can see where the because, balls go off certain pitchers? Well, we've mentioned a few times about the Zach Britton conversation that he had on C2C, C2, C2, whatever. C2, yeah. Yeah. On the podcast, and Zach Britton, that's one of the things he talked about going from Baltimore to New York is how the analytics went from being very generic, like this is what this batter does, this is what this batter does, 
to suddenly the analytics were this is what this batter does against you. Right. And became very personal. And I'm assuming that the Orioles have caught up at that point and assuming that they are doing the analytics based on what pitcher is on the mound. Okay. Sure. Or at least what handed it is or what style, you know, of pitches he throws. Right. Sure. But my thing with uh, Blair is you don't hear him complaining about the shifts when it saves his butt. When it's making his ERA lower because the guys happen to be positioned Which, at the right spot. I don't spot. think it's happened very much it's this year, by the way. It's just when it doesn't work. I don't think it's happened very much, by the way. I think he's been a victim of, of a lot of bad luck. I think that's been frustrating for, for Blyer this year. Yeah, and I think that emotion, like, I think it's credit to Brendan Hyde and his staff that we haven't seen this frustration and emotion until August, September, after a year of losing. You think it's good to have players yelling at coaches? I think it's amazing that you are such a bad team and so frustrating for the fan base to watch that the players have not gotten frustrated before now, uh, out, outwardly. Uh, it, so you, you think everyone should be praised for keeping a lid on it th- th- this long? I think for I think the professionalism of the players and the – to get through a, such a losing season has been pretty good. Right. Yeah, I mean, for me, it, that kind of thing doesn't phase me, except for it's a little highlight video I get to watch the next morning. And then I go, oh, haha, that was cool. Uh, you know, it'd be, if the team is contending, the last thing you want to see is uh, the teammates fighting each other in the dugout. But you don't usually see that when a team is doing good. You see it when the team's doing bad. So if they're fighting with each other, it doesn't bother me at all. Again, these are not guys who are going to be part of the 2021-2022 team, let alone the players. Uh, the coaching staff quite possibly couldn't be, may not be there. So it doesn't phase me at all. It's like September 3rd, let's wrap this season up already. But I'm trying to argue, Bert, that there's still fun, entertaining things to watch, like those fights. Also, that same day, Chris Davis hit a home run. That's no- notable. No. Again, Matt, if you want fun, entertaining things to watch, you do like you and me did and go see Adley Rushman play. That's <laughs> the only thing entertaining to watch in the Orioles organization right now is the minor leagues. The major league doesn't phase me at all. Except for Hunter Harvey. Uh, sure. Or if there's a fight in the dugout. I'll watch that video clip the next day. Okay. Well, Bert, how about this? How about on Friday, they scored 14 runs. John Means came back to his hometown. There was an adorable picture of John Means. Like I saw kid. the adorable picture, yes. Yeah, and he came back, pitched a, a really good game against the Royals. They won. They, they scored 14 runs. Villar had three steals. Alberto, Hans, Hans Alberto had five hits. Um, you don't think that stuff matters at all? Uh, no, not when you're pushing 100 losses or whatever we're at now. You don't think it matters that Hans Alberto this year has had 200 plate appearances against left-handed pitching. Let me and, ask you two questions. 420. Two 420. questions. Is Hansa Roboto on our team next year? Yes. Are we competing for the World Series next year? No. Then no. No. Then it do- I don't care. All right, how about this? On Saturday, Anthony Santander went deep twice. Dongs twice. Here's Anthony Santander's stats. Just for the last seven days, he's batting 375 with three home runs. Just this past week in six games. 
You don't think it matters that Anthony, Anthony Santander is on fire right now for the Orioles? I got a couple questions about Anthony Santander. He is um, either spending a lot more time in the gym or a lot of time at Biogenesis. Uh, that guy's got power coming out of nowhere this year where I completely unexpected him to be the power hitter that he is this year. When he came up last year, you know, it's just a rule five guy. Uh, I hope it's just in the gym because I'd like to see that continue. You think him and Mike Yastrzemski are spending their free time doing the same thing? What was the guy's name in that movie? Tony, uh, uh, I'm forgetting his last name already. From the Biogenics movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anthony Shaw, uh, uh-huh. uh, Bosch, 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 Bosch. Tony Bosch. You're trying to say, that's it. You're trying to say some, Santander has some, uh, needle pricks in his butt? I don't know. I'm not saying anything, but, uh, he looks a lot bigger than he did last year, and I hope that's all from the gym. <laughs> I, I am enjoying Anthony Santander. His numbers I are proving is, it. I hope this is proven that he can be a, a everyday outfielder. I like I like Santander. A, a rule five success story. I like him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, this I'd like him to learn English. Oh, that that's so racist. Yeah. I mean, just because I'd like to see good interviews with him, not just through a translator. Yeah, I, I kind of I always wanted Ichiro to play for our team, but I said if he doesn't speak English, I don't want him. <laughs> Yeah, I, actually, Bert, and I, I get what you're saying about the Santander. He's only 24. He's still got some growing in him, so hopefully it's all natural. And when, when, he, was, when he was 21, I just pulled up his stats, when he was 21, playing in high A ball, he had 20 home runs. So it's not like he's never been profiled or he's never had power before. Right. He had 20 home runs in 128 games. And so I don't it's think this is completely ball. out of nowhere. Turning doubles into donks. Well, this is his second full year on the team, too. Second full year in the majors. So, uh, yeah. And you're right. He's young. at 24. So Keep I think it up. he could be part of the future. Keep it up. Yeah. He could He could be a you know, middle lineup hitter, power hitter. Right. And the other thing I wanted to get to before we can um, talk about me going to Seattle Rushman is... Um, hey, your entertainment things... You must have not been watching tonight's game where Mancini got upset with a pitch. Yelled at the ump. Brandon Hyde comes out, starts yelling at the ump, kicks dirt over the plate. You see that no, play? I, didn't, I missed that. Oh, that was uh, that was pretty recent. If you if you go online, you can see the replays. Just like in the last few minutes. It was probably right when we. It was probably right when during, while we were doing our show. Uh, Brandon Hyde goes and kicks some dirt over the plate. That's some more entertaining baseball. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. I didn't even realize that. I thought that dirt was fake dirt. Yeah, it was just top. brown carpet. Kick it over. Brown carpet. It, the warning track is brown carpet. I'll tell you that. See more entertainment. Um, also, in the first game, Ty Block uh, only gave up two runs in five innings to get the win. Ty Block. Who gave him two runs? <laughs> I like this to lower his ERA to eleven. <laughs> they had a really good game to lower his ERA to eleven. Right. Um, but yeah, guys, can we talk they've about really got to stop winning, though. I mean, I'm, Detroit's like three and a game, three and a half games ahead of us in this number one draft pick. Four, four and a half right now yeah. is the number. Unacceptable. Yeah, I really want that number to be within three games for that series in Detroit. Yeah, but at this pace, we're probably going to sweep them, and then all hope is lost. I know. There there was a moment when we beat, after we split with the Nationals and we beat the Royals and scored 14 runs in the first inning, I looked at the standings and we were just like three games um, behind the Royals for the third pick. I'm thinking, oh, crap. Yeah. If we sweep the, Ro- the Royals, uh, we could drop to number three draft pick. Yeah. 
You think the Royals weren't looking oh, at that when they when they allowed us to score 14 runs against them? <laughs> Please. Guys, it, it's worse than that. The Royals are three games behind us, but they are tied with the Miami Marlins. Yeah, like this could go. We could drop all the way back to fourth. If we yeah. get hot, this could go south fast. This, this tanking think- idea isn't new. You know, just because we're at the bottom, or we were at the bottom a few weeks ago, and that now all of a sudden the Royals and the Miami, like, oh, they're tanking too. And <laughs> we earned the right to tank at this point. We've been terrible all season. Now all these other schlubs are like, well, we're not going to make it. We might as well tank too. Now the Royals are in it, and the Marlins. Next thing you know, we got like the fifth or sixth pick. And who wants that? I'm not even going to tune in to watch that. <laughs> yeah, I think right. at this point. Number five is the Blue Jays right now, and they are. 13 games back while we are four and a half back. And the Blue Jays don't need the number one draft pick. The Blue Jays already have a bunch of young studs on their Major League roster. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the next three years. They're going to win the World Series before us. <laughs> have you heard of Vlad Jr. and Bo Bichette and all these guys? The Blue Jays are for real in 2022. Yeah. Yeah, Blue Jays. Let, let us have the pick. We need Why am I even bothering with this? <laughs> yeah, this... If we start winning games, this could get out of hand fast. Though it makes me happy to beat Tony Fan. What, what, what a what a what a sensitive little strawberry this fan is. You hear his comments? Yeah, so he the was game? saying, yeah, he's saying Dylan Tate tried to throw at him on purpose and was throwing at his head, so he wanted to kill him. Oh, and I think Tim- <laughs> and, that the, he, and he said that the that he heard the Oriole dugout cheering Tate on to hit him. Yeah, he said. Which trust we me, chirping. I was at the game. We were chirping. I w- I would have heard the chirping. I could hear every fan's conversation in that stadium. There were so few people there. Yeah, he seems a little there bit There was no sensitive. chirping. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't like him. He probably thinks Dorian is coming after him, personally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tanner Scott hit him the other day, and that made me happy. Um, <laughs> and if, if I was – if I was, this is why I don't manage the baseball game. But if I was the manager, I would tell my pitchers, just, uh, you know, throw every ball inside for, for Tony Fan. Right. Put Hunter Harvey in there. Say, let me see that triple digit, triple digit on that thigh. Yeah. Yeah, I want him on a triple digit on the thigh of Fam. Um, that's what I think about him. And at this point, hitting Fam, he, he's killing us anyway, so just put him on first base. <laughs> I never understood why you intentionally walk guys. This is a whole other discussion. But why would you intentionally walk someone when you can hit them? that would make more sense to me, but whatever. Well, that, that's why they added the, uh, right. the no-pitch intentional walk. Yeah, that's right. I know. It's a, it's a shame. It's, all these baseball players have gotten soft. You hate to see yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. But no, I got a chance to go to um, – I think I got a chance to talk about this on the air yet. I guess I went on Friday um, to see my first time seeing Adley Rushman in, perp- on, on, in person. It was also Scrapple Night at mm. the Marva. So I got me a Great Eastern Shore giveaway. I got me a nice Scrapple t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And they were selling Scrapple nuggets in the stadium and Scrapple pizza and like Scrapple sandwiches. I did not partake of any of the Scrapple meals. I'm all for a Scrapple sandwich. Heck yeah. Scrapple sandwiches are great. Some toast, some butter, and Scrapple. Yeah. yeah. All right. Fine. Teach, teach your own. Um, it's Big Beer Fridays. So I got myself a 32-ounce Miller Lite for six bucks. Um <laughs> And I saw, I got to see Adley Rushman. Adley Rushman did, did the DH thing, um, so he didn't catch. So I was with that's what he was doing when I saw him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw him get one hit and he went one for four in a uh, opposite uh, field same. single. Yeah, one for four. Yeah, and and you said this, I think, and I had the same experience. His first at bat, it was three two. Ball was clearly low, 
and the guy called strike three, and Adley Rushman was sitting there like, what? No, that was a ball. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't his first at-bat, but it's very similar. Yeah, fourth, third or fourth at-bat. Yeah, so you got to wonder when you see that. I saw people saying, like, oh, he's batting 125. He's off to a slow start in Delmarva. You didn't see that strike three call. On right. That was a little bit outrageous. I mean, and he did. He just looked under. He looked in, in control, all those at-bats. And I, I just love I mean, there's a couple videos of him hitting home runs now there at, at, at Delmarva. Man, that mm-hmm. man's got a sweet swing. I also got myself a... Um, I think this, I cannot remember the last time I purchased something for myself at an Oreo store, especially like a t-shirt. Like I, I don't really, like I get all my t-shirts are giveaways, right. but I bought, I went in there and dropped 30 bucks on an Adley Rushman jersey for Delmarva. Did you? I could not resist. It was like calling. It's a Shorebirds, not Orioles, right? It's a Shorebirds jersey. That's cool. All right, good. I don't like the people who are wearing the Rushman Oriole shirts because clearly the number's wrong and all that. Yeah, he's I already a, changed it between thirty-seven. Uh, yeah, he was right, thirty-five. He was thirty-five in Aberdeen. In Aberdeen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to get a uh, jersey at every level, so as I'm going to follow him up there and get my jersey to go with the level. And they were also auctioning off the the scrapple jerseys the players are wearing. Uh-huh. And they were going for really cheap. And I was tempted, like Grayson Rodriguez was like 100 bucks, And I was tempted to put my name down. But those Scrapple jerseys are just so ugly that I just <laughs> couldn't do it. Yeah, I was tempted to do it for Bowie when they had the Moon jerseys because they looked awesome. But they didn't have any good players on Bowie at the time. Oh, by the way, Bert, I saw on yeah. Twitter today, they are auctioning off the Norfolk Tides Margaritaville jerseys. Did you see that? I did see that. Yep, yep. I don't think I would pull the trigger on that, though. <laughs> you could get a – what is it? I can't remember the guy's name. What's Trey Scott, whatever his name is. I can't remember his name. Yeah, I, 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 you would have to – Taylor really, Scott, that's it. You'd have to really hurt me to name anybody on the Norfolk roster right now. You could name Austin Hayes and Ryan <laughs> Metcalfe. Yeah, that would be like while you were like twisting my arm around my neck. Then I'd be like, um, um, Cedric Mullins – um, and is Cedric Mullins there? No, he's at Booth. Oh, see, yeah, I would have gotten the first one wrong. I'd be one broken arm in. Um, are you guys surprised? That's another person who I thought maybe would get the call up. Austin Hayes did not get the call up, even though he's on the 40-man roster. Word is, because the Norfolk season is done, word is mm-hmm. Austin Hayes' next stop is the Arizona Fall League. Um, but I think the deal with Austin Hayes is he just hasn't been able to stay healthy this year. So they're hoping just to get him to play more and stay healthy at the Arizona Fall League. So that's another guy that's really had a um, disappointing season, just unable to stay healthy. And I feel like this, hopefully this isn't turning into a Nolan Ryan type situation, but so far Austin Hayes' young career is off to a really injury-plagued start. Um, yeah. But he's, I think this call-up, this not getting caught up says they're more focused just on getting him to play and stay healthy. So Austin Hayes' next stop will be the Arizona Fall League. Not the Bud Orioles. But he's on. If he can ever stay healthy, he is on the fast track to, to the majors. I mean, all he needs to do is stay healthy for half a season in the minors, and he'll get the call-up, I think. He just can't stay healthy so far. Right. Well, that's that's going to be the spring invite, guys. Hope you invite the spring training. Mountcastle will be. Like, next year we might actually have, like, real outfielders in our outfield. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's. I'm I'm kind of done with watching Stevie Wilkerson play outfield. You think Mark, you think Mark Trumbo plays outfield this month? 
Or is he strictly a DH? Oh, no. He'll get, don't, don't get him out in the outfield. I think I can almost guarantee it. Oh, hey, another guy that I'm... Um, Chan Sisko made some really bonehead moves defensively. Um, but he's a guy... Like, this past week, he's had seven plate appearances. Chan Sisko has had two home runs in the seven plate, 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 plate appearances this week. But he's a guy where he's not playing a lot. They're playing, you know... Um, he, he's, he's playing clearly a backup role. Even against righties, he, he rarely plays. And I'm thinking, here's a young kid who clearly has deficiencies in back at the backstop. But as Bert reminds us over and over again, we're not trying to win. Here's a guy who I think he's, what, like 25 years old in San Francisco, a guy who has in the past been a top-ranked prospect. It makes sense to me to play San Francisco every day to kind of see what you got and help him get better at his defense, kind of throw him into the fire with his defense. Um, on the other hand, like, San Francisco has been playing catcher his whole life. And he still sucks at it. So maybe it's time <laughs> to like just have him be a different position, like have him play first or have him be a, a, be a DH. Um, you guys, what, 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 what are your thoughts on, on Chance Sisko, former, you know, high prospect in the same position as Adley Rushman? And I just looked it up. He's still only 24 years old. Uh, what should the Orioles do with Chance Sisko? I think that's a really interesting situation. Well, you just laid a case earlier in this episode how. Uh, first base and DH could be filled by Mount Castle and Trey Mancini. Uh, so true. that eliminates Chancisco going to either of those two places. I don't know. Yeah, it would seem to make more sense to give him just more playing time to hopefully keep get getting himself comfortable in the major league field. Um, but, it, you know, if he doesn't have it, he doesn't have it. Yeah, his window is now. And if he's not ready now, he's not going to be an Oriole. Not gonna be an Oriole. He's still 24. Yeah, but he's his window is from now until when Adley Rushman's ready. That's his window. If he wants to be an everyday, if he wants to be a major league catcher, that's his window. And there's no unless he's gonna be kept around as Adley's backup. There's no point in keeping him around if he can't perform now. Well, the Orioles have been trying to teach him how to catch since get this since 2013. Six years. They've been trying to teach him how to catch. Adley Rushman, um, who's been in the system for about a month, uh, or more than that, though, but a, a few months, right, can catch, you know, three or four or five times as good as Chancisco, who's been in the system for six years. I think it's time to give Chancisco a new, new position. Um, move him to first base, left field, because, Josh, you're right. With Adley Rushman's coming up, usually backup catchers are at least good defensively. Francisco doesn't bring you that. Um, I'm not sure if he's a good enough hitter to be a DH every day. Um, so I think it's time that find him a new position. That's what I think the beginning of next year, you'll see Francisco playing something besides catcher. Because this trial in the majors at catcher has, I think, been a bit of a disaster. And so I think Francisco has kind of punched his ticket out of the catcher position. And now he's going to have to real quick figure out how to play left field or third base or second base or first base something else maybe we can uh yeah. they can take this opportunity this off season to have adley rushman coach chance cisco and how to be a better catcher <laughs> <laughs> but, you are, but you are you're already seeing highlights of adley rushman doing well behind the plate and doing proper pitch framing to help out the pitchers yeah, I, I saw i saw the and video I, of him framing and i immediately changed my opinion on robot umpires 
<laughs> right, good point, yeah. Pitch framing does nothing for robot umpires, that is true. Um, but I think, yeah, the Orioles are clear with that, as Adley Rushman's the catcher of the future. If you're not going to perform in that catcher position, you're kind of just in the way. And not even you're not even in the way, you're just like a placeholder, and do you really want to be the placeholder in Bowie? That's, if you're not advancing, there's no point, and in, in you're never going to make it to the majors if you're just the placeholder in Bowie. Yeah, I mean, and Adley Rushman won't be here for two years, I don't think. And so Francisco could have all next year to catch. But my argument still is, like, he's been catching in this organization for six years, still sucks at it. What makes you think he's going to be better next year? At, you know, I, I, I don't see it. So let's kind of move on, find a new position, or get the heck out. Right. And I think the Orioles, are, I think the Orioles lean towards more towards that get out of it, get the heck out side, or as in we'll let you keep catching because we don't want to pay to bring another catcher in. When we've got a catcher, we'll be ready in two years when we're ready to win. So go ahead, keep doing your crap back there, uh, and hopefully it doesn't hurt the pitchers. Yeah, which I find a little bit annoying because here's the, he's a high OBP guy. Um, he he hasn't, so he gets on base a lot. I think the hit tool. The question is how much power can he hit with? He has, and I was surprised at this number, but he has um, uh, this year between the majors and the minors, he has 18 home runs. So he's ten in the minors and eight in the majors, eighteen home runs this year in the minors and majors. That's that's some power. So I think the hit tool's there. So I wish they would find a spot for this kid. Why can't anybody? I'm sorry, it's not that hard to play infield. Why can't they just put anyone at second base? It's not that hard. <laughs> we we've seen them put just anyone at second base. We've been through Steve the Pierce anyone at second, second base. base. Yeah. Steve Pierce played second base. We've had other These random guys play athletes. second base. It doesn't work out. Right. I just want to see his bat in the lineup, I mean, but I wish he didn't suck so much at catching. Maybe uh, Mike Elias can give him some tips in the offseason. Yeah, there you go. Or his computers. Yeah. Give him a new iPad with some apps in it. <laughs> Memorize these numbers, Chance. Right. Or your chance is up. Clever bird. Last Clever. chance. Last chance, Chance. Send him to last chance you. They should make a TV show out of for Chance Cisco, Last Chance Chance. <laughs> I'd watch it. I'd watch it. <laughs> At least I'd give the first episode a chance. <laughs> All right, chances are good. <laughs> All right, boys, you got anything else in here for the uh, good of the cause? Well, I don't think we've talked since the Orioles have announced that while the Orioles are on this little road trip, they are extending the nets even more. And now going foul pole to foul pole. Yeah, but that that doesn't really that doesn't really affect you anymore. <laughs> no, no, it's just a state of baseball. Uh, and really, it's the Orioles are doing this, but so every team is. I noticed that Tampa did, has not done it yet. But um, I don't know. You guys are taking the little kids to games. You got the boys that are going to games. Are you all for this because of safety like that, or uh, does it take away from the fan experience? Speaking for myself personally, it doesn't affect me in the least because I don't think, at least until he's much older, I would never take him and sit that close because I'm not paying the price for that ticket for a child that won't pay attention for more than a few innings. Yeah, that was always my stance. And, uh, I mean, that that's... 
I can't really think outside the box other than that. I mean, if you're willing to pay 50 bucks or plus for a good seat behind the dugout and you want to take your child and pay that price for their seat as well, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's that's on you to pay attention. I, you know, you're putting your trust in, oh, uh, the Orioles and Major League Baseball will protect my child for me. Therefore, uh, I'll pay 50 plus dollars for the ticket. I don't know. Then maybe I would be inclined to pay a higher price for a ticket, knowing that I don't have to pay 100% attention to make sure he doesn't get killed by a foul ball. I don't know. I still am not going to pay the price of those tickets anytime soon. Well, does it feel like really fast that we've gone from like just backstops to pole to pole? Yeah. I mean, one of the cool things about baseball is you are so close to the players, right? Like, with football, I feel like there's a lot of space between you and where the players play. Um, right. Hockey, you're right there, but they have all that, um, all the glass around. Um, the NBA, you're, you're you're pretty close to the players, which is, I think, pretty cool and adds to, kind of to the excitement. And so I do think, like, you lose something. Um, I, I think it's kind of, it's not debatable. You lose something by putting up the nets. The question is, and I know, well, they can be retractable, so you can, you know, do the autographs and stuff. But even, like, just the game experience. Can they be retractable? Yeah, yeah. I know people say that, but can they physically be retractable? Orioles, I don't know if they the can. The Orioles said they can. Are the Orioles ones going to be retractable? That's what the Orioles said, yeah. Okay. All right, I haven't seen any that are retractable yet. I've heard fans talk about them, the possibility of them being retractable. No, on Twitter, the Orioles responded to a couple fans complaining and said they will be retractable. Okay, that'll be interesting to see. But that's just... Can they retract them when we have a play like uh, yesterday when DJ Stewart was running to try to catch the ball over the fence? Yeah. Over on the sideline? Yeah, yeah. And it, it ended up going off his glove. But nowadays, that would hit the... Or next week, when that happens, that'll hit the net and then not be playable. Right. Can they get him out of the way real quick? No, I think it's just for the beginning of the game and after the game. And so I do think, like, something of the game is lost. Now, the question is, is it worth losing a little bit of that, a, a little bit of that closeness to the players, a little bit of that, you know, fan, a player can dive into the stadium, you know, like great Derek Jeter plays famous. Um, are we okay with losing that in order to be a little bit more safe? Um, and I did. And, and But it's not about safety. What's it about? It's, a, it's about lawsuits. People, they, the Orioles don't care whether or not you live or die. They just don't want to be sued about it. I think that's a dumb stance to take. <laughs> I, I think we make decisions every day that are more about laws than the actual safety and caring for people. Okay, so the okay, fine. I'll it's the same way seatbelts are the seatbelts are the law because uh, I feel like it should be my right if I want to get in a car accident and fly through the windshield. That's my problem. Then come to Florida. There's still a seatbelt law, isn't there? Uh, it's it's a lot more lax. There's no if you're in the back seat. You don't need to wear a seatbelt. There's no helmet law, which I also agree with. If you want to ride your motorcycle without a helmet and put your life in your own hands, I feel like that's your call. Right. Yeah, I am all for the dumb people can die. It's okay. The life goes on. Okay, then you libertarians should be anti-net. I am I anti-net. That's the whole point of this. I, I, what do you think about this? You meant you brought up ice hockey. Uh, if they're going to put up nets, then I think they need to eliminate foul territory and put the seats all the way up to the foul line. 
Then you're close to the action and you only have a thin net between you and the real action. How about that? Yeah. I w- then it becomes like indoor soccer. Why? So could you imagine the baseball bouncing off that? Sure. But why, if you're going to put up nets, why even have a foul territory then? To go catch the ball. But that's – who cares? Make Force them to put the ball in play. Get a legitimate out or a legitimate hit. I'm tired of these pop-ups and foul territory. There are too many foul balls in baseball too, so I get that. (laughs) I'm a little interested in this. This, I think you're going about this the wrong way. It's not to to get fans uh, closer to the field. It's to get uh, the game moving faster by getting rid of fouls. And give away less expensive baseballs. Yeah, this is all about keeping the baseball in the stands. I mean, yeah, 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 Holding nets for the $25 fee. Yeah, so They're they losing money on all those free baseballs that go into the stadium. But I was concerned. I've seen a couple of players get hit um, in the bleachers with home runs and get hit in the face. Players? Yeah, I, I know. Well, players, too. Hashtag <laughs> DJ Stewart. But I'm concerned about, yeah, we need to put a net around DJ Stewart. That's a lawsuit waiting to happen. No, but I think they should put uh, in the outfield, in front of the bleachers, a net. Because those home runs are coming in really fast with the fans. Yeah, but I think how the Japanese series was. I think you'd agree. Home runs to straightaway or center field are far more infrequent than foul balls over the dugout. Um, have you seen the Orioles pitching staff? <laughs> True. Good <laughs> argument. And in that case, you might want to get rid of domes because I was sitting in the outfield yesterday, and uh, there was a home run hit right over my head. And I could not find that ball in the dome ceiling. Just looking for it, looking for it until like the last second is when I saw it. I just yeah. don't understand Josh's argument that they're just trying to get the appearance of safety. Like, Josh, are you telling me that the metal detectors that we have to walk through to get in the stadium, are you telling me that they don't actually keep us safe? <laughs> no, they don't keep you safe at the airport either. <laughs> I've walked through, you know, those things with keys before. I've done it. They tell you to walk through. Now they don't even want you to empty your you pockets. Walk through with keys. Yeah, keys yeah, and phones some, and everything. Some of, them, some of them you carry your phone through the metal I've detector. My, tell me how I've that had works. I've my chastity belt on before. Walked right through. <laughs> well, I mean, if they're going this far with the net, I mean, next thing you know, they're just going to get rid of stadiums altogether. I mean, everyone watches the game at home on television anyway. Who goes? Nobody goes to the games. So uh, why even play for a paying crowd anymore? Yeah, that's what Tampa Bay's doing. Josh, that's why they don't have nets. They're not concerned about lawsuits. Because you would have to be a person there to get hit to have a lawsuit. <laughs> they should. Hope. The Rays should do a promotion where they get rid of all nets, including the backstop, uh, just to bring people back into the game. And they should do like the NBA, where they put the seats like on the court, like put seats on the field in front of them, yeah. line up on both sides. I think that'd be cool. We should be commissioners. <laughs> totally. And I'd make them run to third base instead of first base. Too far, Bert. All right, right. I just picked up Bud Selig's new book, Speaking of Commissioners, where he talks about, like, the changing games from the inside and, like, how baseball changed while he was commissioner. Um, you want to know how I mean, biogenesis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steroids. Yeah, how the, uh, he almost brought down baseball altogether. Yeah. So I'm curious to read his take on the whole yeah, thing. He's um, very supportive of Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. Yeah. I'm very bummed. Good friend of the show, um, Glenn Clark, had had a, a show out today with Bud, Bud Selig, a, a good interview with Bud Selig. Oh, nice. Yeah, because he's going around promoting his book for the good of the game, which sounds like his reasoning for steroids. <laughs> the inside story of the surprising and dramatic transformation of Major League Baseball. Mm. Yeah, sounds interesting. 
Yeah. So. All right. It sounds interesting. I will not be reading it. Josh, you can read it and give us a summary. Yeah, I'm got plan to. Uh, I plan to read it. Is any does Bud Selig? Does he do? Does an audio book? I hope he does. <laughs> oh, uh, it is not read by Bud Selig. Oh, I already checked. Oh. <laughs> but I will say the first baseball player he mentions, Barry Bonds. Yeah. <laughs> Within the first three sentences, he talks about Barry Bonds and the home run record. Well, I'm sure you can't avoid it. There's his legacy. All right. All right. Can we get out of here now? I've been playing the music. You want to get out of here? You have not. <laughs> no, I'm in Tampa. I told you guys. I don't have the music. It's going to have to be put in afterwards. You can do whatever you want. He could have been putting it in from the start of the show. You can do whatever Seriously. you want. Seriously. Right. Yeah. All right. We got four weeks of this uh, season left, and then uh, then what? You know what the best part is? Ravens play on Sunday. Heck yes, finally. We, we haven't even we haven't even talked Ravens. Somehow we've been able to talk Orioles through this entire summer, and we get football on Sunday. Yeah, give Section 336 props for that. We just spent a whole hour and didn't even mention Ravens Week 1 coming up. Or my fantasy football draft. Still an hour yeah. talking yeah. Orioles yeah, we, in this atrocious season. Right, we saved you all from breaking down Matt's C-minus uh, Yahoo has no idea what they're talking about with these I have my draft tomorrow night. I'm yeah. ready for it to I'll be over. Take a suggestion. Don't be like Matt and Gronk. Or uh, Andrew Luck. Uh, Gronk's coming. <laughs> Man, Matt took, Matt took Gronk real Gronk's really. coming back is going to be the steal of the draft. Um, but We're not a keeper league. By the way, I already dropped him. <laughs> okay, good. That was you took Gronk because you couldn't figure out anyone else on the board to take. Yeah, Needed to buy some time. Yeah, that was a good guy in the free agency. No, I, I, um, uh, I will, if anybody wants to follow me on Twitter, at Section336, I'll post out pics of my fantasy draft, and I'll just post out the same picture every hour on the hour of my fantasy team. You guys can <laughs> get uh, inundated. Um, I don't like when people post on Twitter pics of their fantasy team, because it's like people who post pics of their tournament team. I don't care. I'll post my fantasy team when... I play Matt and beat him, and I'll just post the scores online. Oh, yeah, I'll post that, too. <laughs> just for that. I'll post that Just to I show that I beat Matt. All right, bring it. Bring it. You post that. I'm blocking you. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Yeah, like I said, you can follow me at Sex36. You can follow Bert on Twitter. At Bert Rohde. You can follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Thanks Roker. for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. Get that number one pick. Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. 
With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app. And then it makes sure it goes out to iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches.